Welcome to the Newbie Gains Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Patrick, and I'm here to show you the ABCs of exercise and nutrition so you don't have to go in circles trying to figure it out by yourself ever again. Welcome back to the Newbie Gain Podcast, and today's topic is all about intermittent fasting. Does it work? Before we get into it, let's talk about my personal experience with intermittent fasting. So I found out about intermittent fasting six years ago, but I found it out because everywhere it was being marketed on the radio, in the gyms, personal trainers were talking about it, the midday TV shows were talking about if you cut your window into eight hours of eating, you'll lose weight, it's going to be good for cognitive function, it's going to be good for your overall metabolism, all these things. And I'm like, I need to see for myself because I wouldn't give anyone, especially my clients, any sort of new strategy or any new type of way of eating if I haven't done it myself. So I started doing the 16 and 8 method. So the 16 and 8 method is when you don't eat for 16 hours. So I chose at the time um, to eat between 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. I was trying to lose weight. I was working at Telstra, which is like the biggest uh, telecommunications provider in all of Australia. And I was working in billing. And at the time, I lived a very miserable life because every morning and every waking day, I'd wake up to people complaining about their bills. I can't think of a more miserable job. So at the time I was 21 and I was struggling to like find my purpose and didn't know what to do with my life. So I just wanted to get paid. So I woke up, got to work, you know, I picked up my first, I had to do a hundred phone calls a day and everyone, maybe 50% of them didn't like the company. They didn't like Telstra. They didn't like the bills. They didn't like getting charged because of their overdata usage. They didn't like their phone plan. They they always complained and I had this negative vibe about the whole experience. I think having that much stress in my life, thinking, wait, I'm getting paid 1200 bucks a week. I have money more than I've ever had in my life, but I am miserable. I don't get it. Someone tell me that money doesn't buy happiness. I didn't believe until I was there. And $1,200 for a 21-year-old was quite a bit. And I spent all the money on the weekends, living for the weekends, because I would just go to the clubs. I'd live for the weekends. Those were the days, a good 12 years ago. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because I was desperately trying to lose weight. I was going to the gym every morning. You know, the, the only thing I looked forward to was training. So me and my friend, um, who also worked with me, we got to the gym at 8 o'clock, and we started at like 1 p.m., so... From 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., we train. When I got to work at 9, from 1 o'clock to 9 o'clock, it just starts pouring down negative energy. Like even the um, the, the vibe at work, just the culture in a call center. I don't know if anyone here has ever worked in a call center. It just sucks the energy out of it. And to make it worse, ev- it seems like everyone's birthday is happening every third day. So what do you know about birthdays in a workplace environment? What do you have? You got cake in the office. You got pizza in the office you got drinks in the office soft drink and like you've got to be the weird one if you don't eat and this is the type of people in a call center everyone's kind of like a little bit bigger and i was never fat i was never chubby my whole life i played sports and then i started realizing what's going on i train every day and when i sit like i feel like there's rolls sitting over my pants i didn't like it it was just a gross feeling for me. And I started wearing more baggier clothes. And I'm like, I'm going to the gym every day. Nothing has changed. Yes, I'm eating a little bit more off my plan, but I know that I'm 21. I need to build on my metabolism. So I got to eat more. But the problem is I was sitting down eight hours every day, not moving. And I would just train for an hour in the morning. I'd come home after 9 p.m. Absolutely exhausted. The last thing I want to do is go for a walk. I just want to go home, watch some TV, play some games and go to sleep. That's all I wanted to do. And I 
was going through this rut for like six months. Someone took a photo of me at work and I still got the photo today. I was, I had my headphones on, my, my speakers on at work and someone took a photo of me from behind and they sent it to me. He's like, Hey, how do you put on this much muscle? So he thought I had a lot of muscle, but when I saw, I had like a vision of this like fat chubby kid in a singlet and I could just see like the singlet hug around my waist and I could see the rolls in the side, but he looked at my arms. And he's like, oh, how do you get big arms like that? I want arms like this. But all I could think about was my rolls. And that was the day I decided to look up intermittent fasting. So I thought, what if I only eat from one o'clock to nine? Because I can't stop the pizza. I can't stop the cake. I can't stop all this food that's being delivered to work. Like in the lunchroom or the smoke room, everyone would be eating all everything. And I don't want to be the guy with my Tupperware. So, and I'll sit down a lot. So I'll just only eat from one to nine. Now I'll tell you what, I did put on like four kilograms before intermittent fasting. During the main intermittent fasting, I did it for 12 weeks and I cut my window down from one to nine. I lost a bit of weight. I lost a bit of weight. I'm not going to lie. However... What I realized that contributed to the weight gain wasn't the uh, wasn't so much how much I was eating. It was all the stress I had with work. It was all the fact it was the fact that I was unhappy. I didn't realize, but a lot of the emotions I had during that time were like unhappiness, unsatisfied, unfulfilled, lost, um, impulsive thoughts. Like every time I was at work, I was looking up at like a holiday. I'm like, where should I travel? Should I go to Croatia? I was trying to like pay my way out of the job. So I had all these impulsive thoughts. And I was just a very erratic human at the time. As soon as I quit, I stopped intermittent fasting and I went back to tracking my macros and eating more food, like 2,500 calories, eating fruits and vegetables in every meal, hitting my protein intake, and then just moving 10,000 steps a day. The weight came up a lot faster. The reason why the weight came up a lot faster is because I was more active. So I would just be out a bit more. I didn't, I was working at a retail job. I switched my in-person job from sitting down behind a computer eight hours a day dealing with angry customers to working in retail, which is like I was working at Superdry, so I was selling clothes. So I was always on my feet. And the weight just started shredding off. And although this topic is all about intermittent fasting, I wanted to share with you, it is not the holy grail. It is only a strategy. It is only a strategy. And I'm going to go over like the five strategies of intermittent fasting, okay? Because everyone has a different personal experience with fasting. The first one is the most popular method, which is called the 16 and 8 method. This method involves daily fasting for 16 hours and restricting your daily eating to an eight-hour window. For example, like I showed you, shared with you my example. However, you could eat between, I don't know, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you stop eating from 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. the next day. That's the most popular method for, of intermittent fasting. Then you got your five and two diet. In this intermittent fasting approach, you eat normally for five days of the week and significantly reduce your calorie intake between five to 600 calories on the other two non-consecutive days. So for five days, you eat normally, but the other two, let's say your weekends, you eat 500 to 600 calories, which is basically breakfast. You have like what, four eggs, half an avocado, some toast some cherry tomatoes, that's 500 calories, okay? Five and two diet. Then you've got the eat, stop, eat intermittent fasting style. This method involves a 24-hour fast once or twice a week. I know some people that do this. For instance, you might eat dinner one day and then not eat again until the dinner the next day. So a lot of people do this, okay? Then you've got your alternative day fasting. With this method, you alternate between days of regular eating and days of fasting or consuming very few calories. Okay? Last but not least, you've got the warrior diet. Okay? This has been popularized over the last three years. This approach involves eating small amounts of raw fruit and vegetables during the day and having one large meal at night within a four-hour eating window. Okay? This is the 
things that are happening in the intimate fasting world right now. So let's have a look at the facts, okay? Because like trends are always going to be around. If you look at it, I mean, skinny jeans in the 80s was a thing, came back in the last 10 years or in the late 90s and the early 2000s. There's all baggy jeans. Everyone was wearing like parachute pants. Trends, just like fashion, they come and go. In the 70s and 80s, I wish I was born in the 70s and 80s, but look at the hairstyle, long rocker, freaking, I don't know, ACDC vibe, just rock and roll hair. Now everyone's got like a, a fade or like a short haircut, whatever it is. So let's have a look at the facts and not follow the trend. Now, the facts are this, whether you are intermittent fasting or not, the only thing that would dictate weight loss is if you're at a calorie deficit. I know, I know what you're thinking. Like, oh, here we go, calorie deficit. I know, but it's the truth. If you have your window and you restrict it for 16 hours and you eat for eight hours, if you have 4,000 calories in eight hours, you're still going to put on weight. If you don't have a restrictive eating window and you eat whenever you feel like it, but you are at a calorie deficit, you will see weight loss. It all comes down to the numbers. That's the facts. And there's only two ways you can get a calorie deficit, aka energy deficit. And I was teaching this to my next level students yesterday. Okay, I'm going to give you the general overview. Number one, you have to be burning more calories than the calories you are eating. Okay? So if you are burning 3000 calories a day, because you have a ongoing job that requires you to move and you work in, I know you're blue, you're working blue collar. Um, you're in the industry where you're, um, factory worker, um, someone that's on their feet all day, you're a nurse, you're moving so much and you're burning all these calories, you need to replenish that. Okay? So if you are burning 3000, but you're eating 2800, you're at a 200 calorie deficit. That means you're going to be losing weight. The only difference is, is that if you have more muscle, your metabolic rate could probably increase even more. Okay, So we need to create an energy deficit by moving more, or we can go the other way, which 90% of the population in America, Canada, and Australia do this, they drop their calories, okay? Anywhere from 1,500 to 600. Me, as a fat loss coach, I like to put on muscle. I want my students to put on muscle. The more muscle we have, the more they can eat, the more they can eat, the more fat they lose. And the less lethargic they feel, the less moody they are, the less hungry they are, the less hangry they are. So we want to be training and exercise effectively, aka weight training principles. Now, those are the facts, but here's the things about numbers. Numbers don't make me up and don't make you up. You are not a individual that's made up of your biometrics. You're not Sarah who weighs X amount, who whose height is X amount. You're Sarah who works 50 hours a week, has four kids to look after, and you have a job promotion around the corner. And if you don't get this job promotion, you've been working so hard for the last 20 years, you got to go crazy, okay? So you have emotions, you have needs, you have desires. We're more complex than numbers, okay? Like with the story I told you at the start of this, I needed to break away from this environment more than I needed to fast. Even though I used fasting as a gateway to break out of this chubby state that I was in, this chubby version I was in, because no amount of training I could do to get rid of the... the the fluff around my waist because I was so unhappy. That is where the, the uh, let's call it the sweet spot is, okay? So let's discuss how intermittent fasting may improve insulin sensitivity, blood sugar regulations, and help you with snacking. If you don't track your macros and you have an unhealthy relationship with food, most likely you have poor eating habits such as snacking, such as um, eating high-fat, high-carb breakfast, such as not addressing portion sizes, such as neglecting eating when you're hungry, such as fast food runs because it's convenient. All of this 
I've been there. So how does fasting help you improve? Well, here's the thing. If you notice that you are snacking between when you come home, let's say you work a regular nine to five job, you get home at 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. That's when you realize you consume the most of the calories because one, all emotion, uh, all food choices are emotional. So let's say from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., you're angry, frustrated, bored, lonely, sad, upset, depressed. Let's say those are your six negative emotions and you have food in the house that is not result producing. Like I li- I'm living at my mentor's mansion right now. I open the fridge and all I see is eggs, egg whites, oats, blueberries, eggs. And he's a fucking bodybuilding champion. So is his, like his wife is lean shredded too. It makes sense, right? But if you individual who doesn't live breathe fitness like we do, fitness coaches, what we do, then you're going to have a different type of pattern. And I, as your coach, as your mentor, as your guide, will tell you what pattern you need to break. Number one, if you are going to implement intermittent fasting after listening to this podcast, then I would suggest do it where you're not around food. Okay. So put your window, um, let's say, uh, for example, you have all these negative snacks in your kitchen, all these like food, uh, high calorie, dense chocolate sweets, leftovers from last night. I don't know, your ex-boyfriend came over, ex-girlfriend came over, all her food is in the the cupboards, whatever, in the pantry. Have your window, your eating window when you're away, okay? So let's say nine to five, that's when your eating window, when you get home, you don't eat. That's if you have a poor relationship with food and you want to, you want to, you want to break it. That's a great way to break a poor relationship with food. You break the pattern, break the cycle, okay? That will help you stabilize your sugar levels. Let's say you have a sweet addiction and you realize your sweet addiction is because like you're stressed from work when you come home, you're looking for that ice cream, you're looking for that piece of chocolate. One piece of chocolate becomes a whole block. One whole block becomes more dessert, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one way you can do it, okay? Here are some other ways or some other reasons to use fasting. Obviously, you got Ramadan, okay? Secondly, travel. So I know when I travel, um, I'm in different time zones all the time. If I only eat when I'm hungry, I'm not really listening to my hunger cues because I'm probably not hungry. I'm just fatigued or I have a lack, a lack of sleep. Okay? And there's other stress hormones. There's like ghrelin, um, leptin. These are all of your hunger hormones. They're going wild because you haven't slept. So I'm not going to react to that. So I'll like sometimes put like a window of eating time just to regulate my my emotions while I'm traveling because I'm fatigued. Um, if you're working extra time over work, let's say you work, I know Mel, one of our students in the academy, she works overtime. She might have a problem with under eating. Okay? So she needs to put a window where she's eating. Okay? This doesn't, intermittent fasting is not just for people that want to lose weight. It could be if you have poor time management. Snacking addiction, it's a great way to break um, that pattern, intermittent fasting, because it tells you not to eat. It's black and white. Uh, yeah, poor time management. Man, poor time management is only temporarily, okay? Because you can't intermittent fast your whole life. It's just not a thing. It's something that you use sporadically. It's like going to travel. It's like traveling. You cannot travel forever. You have to go back to work and pay the bills. It's something that you use sporadically. So let's recap, okay? I told you my story about intermittent fasting was good when I had no control of food around me and I was in a very stressful state. I did it to like limit the amount of food that I had. Secondly, it is not a long-term sustainable method because at the end of the day, any type of restrictions is going to be not sustainable, whether it be carbs, food, fats. The only time you, you should restrict any type of food is if you have an actual food intolerance that has been prescribed to you by a nutritionist. We went over the different type of intermittent fasting methods. We went over times you can use fasting, travel, um, overtime, snacking, poor time management. Cool, guys, that is all 
for today's podcast. Um, if you've been listening to the New Begins podcast for the past year, I want you to know we are past 250 episodes. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to every single person that has subscribed to this podcast. I used to do five episodes a day. Now I'm now I'm doing one episode a week. I want to bring it up to two. Um, if you can message me on Instagram and tell me what these podcasts has meant to you, how it's helped you, if it's give you any value, it's going to inspire me to do more. Because at the end of the day, I do this for you. I don't get paid off these podcasts. I want to just impact the individual that I used to be when I had no one in my corner. I'm doing this selfishly for me because when I was 17 to 23, I had no guide. So if you are right now listening to this and you don't have a guide, and this podcast is something that you've been hanging on to for the last six months to a year, I appreciate you. Just message me and let me know what it meant to you and which podcast you want to see more of. All right, done. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. Peace. Okay, Dream Team Academy. Hello. I'm open to do a Q&A. I'm, opening, uh, I'm open to doing a Q&A in this live that I am on right now. So if you have any, let's see what you guys have broke. Hey, Denise, how are you? Grace, I see you. Isabel, I see you. Tell me, have you guys done intermittent fasting before? I want to know. I think it's lagging. I can't even see your messages. Guys, I'm out. I've got to set up an onboarding call for the next students. I'm so pumped. I've been in a roller coaster ride right now. And um, I want to, my mission is to show up every day the best version of me so I can not just be a better leader, uh, a better provider, a better coach, a better friend, a better nephew, a better uncle. I just made a mission every morning to work on my mindset. I'm on a vibe right now. I want to share that with you. Coach Pat is in a really good wave right now. And uh, 2024 is not something that is given to us. We have to attack 2024 with our goals and our vision. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Newbie Games podcast. And hopefully you got some inspiration. If you did and you want to learn more on how me and my team can help you start getting fat loss results, DM me, transform on IG, and I'll send you more details.